Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Riverman. Dean, you want to know what my favorite things is? Yes, I do. I love when I can walk into a retail establishment or a hospitality establishment. Mm -hmm. There's a long line of people waiting to do something. (laughs) And I walk right past them and go to a little self-service station Ah, and do it myself. There you go. I'm amazed by how often Do you feel good when you're done? It's like cleansing, right? It's like, ah, I just got And you'll get those looks from folks, you know, because you've already done everything you wanted to do and they're still waiting. And you're whistling out the door and they are sitting there lamenting. Yes. Uh, Yeah. I I don't get it. Sometimes I I look at it and I'm just like, why... (laughs) This was like I walked right up and did my thing. What's why can't you? Maybe you know? they're not so, as professional as you are maybe, at, ch- at the self checkout. Maybe I don't know. not. I don't oh, know what it is. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so we're talking a little bit about self service. Yes, we've got yes. a couple of our friends from Epson back on David Vanderdeus and Josh yep. Stanfill. Two good guys. Talk a little bit about self service, how it's changed retail and hospitality, mm-hmm. and kind of how they've both been learning a little from each other and All right. could stand a little, learn a little bit more. Maybe yep. Yep. one end to each. We'll talk obviously about why we're in this position, why our self service is such a, a big deal these days. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think we kind of know, but mm-hmm. they're going to give us some probably better, better a little stats. Bit of insight, yeah, yeah, stats exactly. yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about what that means for label printing, because Ooh, obviously yes, that's Epson's forte. So Heck yeah. you know, how does that fit into the self-service yep. dialogue? We're going to talk about experiential retail. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into trends and what may be coming next. So we got lots of good stuff. We to, got a lot to, to cover here. Today. We got enough time, dude. We got, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's our podcast. Oh, we're good. As long as and Marco's not here. Our producer's not even here. Yeah. Sweet. So we literally can just go as much as we want. He's not here to Let's go. do the finger and tell us. That's to, right. That's right. Keep, and by the way, the finger means like circling as in roundabout. I don't <laughs> want to clarify that for anyone listening the audio only side. Although he's probably given us that finger more yeah, than right, once right, too. Right. So all that plus our usual value to the VAR. What's that connecting with us? It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, as I mentioned, we have two returning guests today. Yes, sir. We've got David Vanderdusen. He is a product manager for Epson. Josh Stanfield, the ISV BDM for Epson. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you, you guys don't have to go through your whole histories. You've been on the podcast a few times now. We don't <laughs> right. need to explain yourselves again. <laughs> but we appreciate you both coming back on. And I, I think we both we had both of you on an episode together once before, but not in the same room. So this is the first time we got you guys this in the same true. room. And, yeah. And we were just talking before we got on. And their epic studio. Yeah, they're showing off their <laughs> epic studio. We've yes. been trying to one-up it when we redesigned ours, and now apparently they've seen that as a, as a gauntlet that's been thrown down to, uh, to we'll up there. Real quick, some more. We don't have the resources Epson does, no, so they're always going to win this game. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. We'll have to ask Epson to help fund our next yeah, there you go. studio project. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us again, guys. We appreciate it. I want to go ahead and just dive into this topic, though. Yeah, so, let's you know, do. And you know, like I said, I I, I love self service. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great thing. I'm I'm glad that more and more places are doing it, even though it doesn't seem like. Again, sometimes people are as in tune to it as they should be. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the pandemic was a big part of this whole conversation. For sure. Why the need yep. and desire for self-service increased when everyone wanted to stay away from each well, other. Well, like we talked about, it kind of expedited a lot of yeah, stuff, right? Exactly. I mean, like, you know, it, a lot of these things were being talked about. Yeah, man. Exactly. Now it's like full bore. And, and I think, you know, I think retail is where we saw that most, obviously. But mm-hmm. it has expanded into hospitality in quite mm-hmm. a different ways, too. Mm-hmm. So how, tell us a little bit about that. What's the impact on hospitality in particular when it comes to self-service? Yeah, no, great to be back. I'm, it's uh, one of those changes, right, as we come out of the pandemic. Now Josh and I can do this in the in the same room, which is a lot more fun, better experience for us, and hopefully comes into the content. But, you know, the 
the self-service point is, is a, a really interesting study because I'm the same way. If I can go to a kiosk, even without mm-hmm. a line, sometimes I'll, I'll go to the kiosk and order that way. And we're not really alone in that. You know, the as surveys have come out and p- trying to, to see how preferences change, where people are falling after the pandemic. Over 40% of people say they prefer ordering from a kiosk. And as you look at the generational split, the younger you go, the higher that number uh, gets. And if you look at Gen Z specifically, two thirds of Gen Zers prefer to order from a kiosk uh, than from the counter and from a person. So it's certainly, you know, a preference I share, you do as well. I mean, I know talking with Josh, he, he likes going up to the kiosk too. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's certainly something that's growing for those orders that are being taken in store in restaurant, you know, it's even a preferred option, not just an alternate now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's interesting. You know, the other side of it is the consumer side and whether you choose or feel comfortable using a kiosk, uh, like you had stated earlier, whether you actually know that the kiosks exist and get out the door in front of everyone, it sort of feels like I have insider uh, secrets <laughs> happening when I know at Target where the self checkout is, and it's completely on the opposite end of all the other checkouts. Yep. So you know it it feels that people are becoming more comfortable with kiosks. The products uh, interfaces are becoming easier to use, and so I would bet that it's probably here to stay for a while. Yeah. I would think so. And I'll I'll throw on the table another thing that keeps getting talked about here is labor shortage, right? So not only did COVID, but COVID kind of exacerbated the whole labor shortage issue. And so now, you know, a lot of companies are faced with, well, we we have to. We don't have any other choice. We can't Mm -hmm. find people to work. We've got got six checkout lanes and three people. (laughs) Something's got to give, yeah. Right? So something's got to give there. So the labor shortage has definitely had an impact to the positive on the Mm self-service kiosk front, uh, if you you will. And then you're starting to see a little bit more integration in of some other technologies such as chatbots and voice assistants mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so it's interesting that you bring up David around, you know, the Gen Z adaptation, right? 60 some odd percent, close to 70% say they would rather prefer uh to use that. That's kind of that's that's a game changer, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, when you've got that much of the population it's like, eh, you know, yeah. Here I am in the old school. Yeah, I'd rather whatever cashier. How's your day? You know that kind of stuff. No, Gen Z, they just want in and out. Well, we we had that retail uh, or that restaurant hospitality survey thing that we did on Blue Star Nation a few months back. That's and right. One of the questions we were asking about stuff like uh, QR codes. Mm-hmm. We were asking about uh, you know kiosks and digital signage. You know, in particular, like what are all these cool things that you guys are you know using? Are you still utilizing that? Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks may have said like, no, we're not doing it at all, or they said we. We did use it when we had to during the pandemic. We've stopped now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we ask for the reasons, some of the folks said, oh, it's because we have an older clientele, an older generation. Like, guess what? You're not going to have that forever. Yeah, no, right. That yeah. older generation is <laughs> going to get replaced at some point, unless you yeah. plan on shutting down when the boomers are gone. You know, like, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're going to have to cater to a younger generation, and they are going to want this newer technology, and they're going to walk into your your particular, you know, uh, business yeah. and say, man, these guys aren't up to date. I'm going to yeah, take my business sure. somewhere else. So. Yeah. David, we laid on a little bit. Of, you you sent over a note with some yeah. of your stats, and you talked a little bit about the QSR drive-through versus uh, yes. know, the actual counter sales. Talk talk through us a little bit more about how that's changed too. Yeah, this is one that I found really interesting because anecdotally, going to restaurants, yeah. I see more kiosks. 
doing more ordering directly from my phone for even another type of self-service. Uh, and I, I didn't know where it was coming from. I knew that I wasn't going up to the counter as much, but found a study, you know, the drive through the number one way QSRs were getting orders was through the drive through And it was about two thirds of them, give or take a few percentages before the pandemic spiked way up to 90% for some parts during the pandemic, which makes perfect sense, right? Mm -hmm. You couldn't go in. But as we come out of the pandemic, drive through has returned to almost the same level. So all of those shifts seem to be happening in other order-taking methods. And the biggest loser of those methods, if you will, are the the or the, the biggest shift in share is away from counter-ordering. Was about 30% before the pandemic, fallen to about 15% after the pandemic. Right. So people are not, they may be coming back to the store or back to the restaurant, but they're not coming back to the counter. Mm -hmm. And it's not taking away from drive through. That has remained about the same. So where the growth is happening, kiosk, a big one, right? Mm -hmm. I think quadrupled from before the pandemic, yeah. which still a relatively small overall portion of the orders in this data, but growing very rapidly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with the hardware investment that has to go along with it, makes sense that you can't immediately jump up to a massive percentage of the orders. So mobile kiosk, and then the third party delivery was also incorporated in there, but kiosk was one of the biggest gainers. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's kind of the experience we're, we're talking about with self-service, whether that's kiosk or something that else we wanted to bring up was, you know, is it a kiosk? Is it a, a smaller kiosk? Is it your own device that you're you're providing the self-service from? Uh, but it does seem to be taking it from the counter-ordering portion of the business that existed before the pandemic did. Yeah. There, on uh, my way in today, I was listening to something um, about Alaska Airlines. And kind of a wild thing with them is they just released that they're pulling all of their kiosks. And they're moving to mobile devices, all consumer devices. And, you know, it's sort of kind of parlayed into some other thoughts that I that I've been having, which is why aren't we using more mobile devices in some of this? Like we did a lot during COVID. Now, commercially, kiosks are being installed and less mobile devices being used in, mm -hmm. in a lot of this. And for me, walking into a store, if there's a line and the kiosks are full, or there's not a kiosk, if there was an option to order from my phone, my guess is a lot of people would take that option without having to have an app. Yeah, it's sense. curious how mobile is, uh, you know, having encroaching in all this yeah. like, the whole area. Yeah. Like, I, I guess there's some markets that will probably just skip the whole kiosk self-service entirely and move that direction, too. Could be, I could mean, be. Because, again, it makes sense because you're talking about, you know, every the, any of the last three generations are pretty comfortable mm -hmm. with mobile phones and, and mobile devices at this point. Mm. We've all probably got one in our pocket for the most part. We got issues, though. Go ahead. <laughs> you don't think so? Well, no, 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 no. Here's the issue that I got. As, as we were talking about this, I'm, I'm already... So what I have noticed mm. is anytime we... So the baby boom generation really hasn't adapted, even well, to yeah. the kiosk. So, but yeah, but we as a society still have to deal with it. Here's my use case. So I was at a Starbucks at, a, at an airport, and they only took orders via kiosk. And one uh, kiosk was tied up by grandma and grandpa right, who right. literally could not get their order through I do, yeah, you for still like have the 15 minutes. So, right. yeah, right. 
Well, I'm not. So, yeah, I'm not saying like you just forego any potential face to face for now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd still have to have that. Right. But if but I could see the path to saying like, well, why are we bothering with the kiosk if you're if you're planning to make that some kind of an upgrade? No, but, when but you can go straight. It's to the such mobile. a commentary on what Josh is saying yeah. and David are saying in the sense that all the Gen Zs had already placed their order on their app. They're just waiting at the right. end mm-hmm. for theirs. Here I am, the the Gen Xer that I use the touchscreen kiosk, and then you got the boomers right. gumming the whole thing up. They're all waiting in line. Just a commentary on right, yeah, yeah, (laughs) the generational commentary. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no. Anyway, but there's opportunity as well, David. Right? You had some opportunities that you found here as well. No, and you know, we look at the cell service, the growth of you know, as they get younger, they want to use kiosks more. The kiosk is growing. Counter uh, orders are shrinking. It's that's still 15, 16% of the business going through counter order. I'm not prepared to throw away a sixth of my orders by not taking care of that experience mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, the opportunity and, you know, that's talking with, with Josh here, a lot of our conversations, especially around the Epson products, you know, we don't just want it to be, well, you have to do this because your customer demanded it <laughs> yeah. and, you know, kicking or screaming, you're going to go in there. There's, there's usually, it can be a win-win. We can give a, a beneficial or a preferred experience to the customer, but that can also come back for, for the restaurant or the merchant in a, in a better way. And one of the big ways with kiosks is ticket sizes, mm-hmm. right? So another thing Josh and I were talking about, and as we kind of built up to this, there was a lot of uh, research and reports being done on kiosk and self-service prior to the pandemic. Yeah identifying it as a uh, a big growth area that was coming in a few years. Little did we know how key it would be. Yeah. Um, but as we go back and review some of those, you know, a lot of them are ringing very true as we come back out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So one that we found, the survey was, was done in 2019, so just before the pandemic, and even before it was required. Yeah. Almost two-thirds of people said they were more willing to visit a restaurant if a kiosk was an option. And then in that same study, the ticket sizes for kiosk orders were 12 to 20% higher than they were at the counter, right? So this is for those people who want to go to the kiosk, their ticket sizes are also larger Mm -hmm. than those who are sticking with the counter. And, you know, I I know Josh had some (laughs) thoughts about why that is. Yeah, Um, no, I mean, obviously one of the, I think probably the biggest cases that we've seen in the market has been McDonald's and some others in that world really jumping into this. And a lot of the studies around that have been that what it does is increase revenue in every sale, basically. It doesn't matter. It it could be adding an extra modifier to it. It does a real nice job prompting for additional add-ons. You know, it just, it never fails Mm -hmm. in that sense that it is constantly trying to upsell and if it knows a little bit about you it can also personalize some things and for me that's one of the gaps maybe right Mm -hmm. now in kiosks are how do you recognize me as your customer or a repeat customer and you know without me logging in or you know and so i think that area there's a little bit of a gap in that should be able to walk into a store easily identify myself on it and then maybe it suggests based on what i've ordered and there are some that do a really good job once they know who you are yeah go ahead dude i was just gonna say i i see it as one of the biggest areas of potential value add yes is 
making it not just a touchscreen menu, but something that's interacting with the guest and guiding them yes. based on what you know about them or the historical, you know, oh, you ordered this, you might like this. Did mm -hmm. you know about this new item? Did you know about this promotion? And, you know, and then it's, we go back to the labor uh, constraint. You program it into a kiosk, you're going to get that path yeah. every time doesn't get forgotten, doesn't veer off into one thing or another. It's a consistent experience that you can craft and learn from and improve over time. Yeah, it's what? not talking about last night's party or <laughs> right. whatever. It's, it's actually yeah. trying to upsell yeah. you on. Go yeah. ahead, go ahead, Josh. It's not sleepy. Yeah, yeah no, the, uh, I don't know, the, the kiosk world is interesting because when we look at it, it really is just a channel to sell. And it doesn't matter whether it's through your app, through your website, through a point of sale terminal. I think the the to create a, a real good scenario in this is going back to the labor shortage or labor challenges in general. A point of sale can easily be turned over to be a kiosk in the moment that you're in your slower hours. And so, you know, something that I read is, you know, a lot of restaurants, they might have peaks from like 11 to 2 or something like that. And then but they have, you know, they might have staff on board and a lot of the scheduling software companies help you, uh, you know, set the schedules for your staff mm -hmm. and having a point of sale that can then turn around and be your kiosk in those moments. Yeah. To me, that's a real good way to use your resources and to overcome some of the labor challenges. Josh, let's dive in a little bit on the personalization. I'd like to get your take on this because, you know, as I think that is a mover in the marketplace, but I mm -hmm. agree with you on the gap, right? Like there's there's just that gap right now when I walk up to, let's say, a QSR you know, it doesn't know me. It doesn't know my order mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And if they integrated something that it was capturing PII, that would be mm -hmm. really creepy, right? I mean, that'd be yeah. like, yeah. oh, yeah. Hey, welcome hey, back, Dean. Dean. Welcome yeah. back. It's like, what, dude? How did you know who I am? Right? Do you want the extra cheese again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if in that voice, I'd be all in. But anyway, uh, you know, so that's going to be creepy. But I have found as a consumer, I'm okay if I like give them a loyalty card or right. buzz yeah, in right. to right. the system. Then I kind of expect it. Like, right. oh, dude, you ordered this last time. You know, is this what you yeah, want? Exactly. So do you think that's where it's going to go, Josh? It's like a self-induced uh, personalization experience because I uh, gave it a little data so it can feed back to me, you know, that that information. I, th I think so. I mean, the, the part for me that's the challenge is how do you bridge that gap? Is it walking up to something with your phone and you have a QR code that goes across an array of kiosk providers um, or brands that you opt into? Um, but there, it does feel that there needs to be some type of identifier in that. And, you know, for me, it doesn't feel like the kiosks that I've used, that they're always faster. No. There's times where I, I do feel that it might take a couple more minutes through a kiosk. You're learning the menu. It may not be as intuitive if you're not a regular there. Knowing me resolves a lot of that and cuts out a lot of that speed. So Good point. Yeah, but to your point, though, you know, the you know when you get down to like loyalty programs and stuff, like right. you're getting to that old problem that no one ever wants to have, like carrying around a bunch of cards or <laughs> yeah. having a bunch of different things on your phone that's got to be scanned. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I like your idea of like, you know, maybe we just have some kind of like, you know, cross 
code of mm-hmm. some sort or whatever that mm-hmm. works with a bunch of different types of kiosks or because yeah. let's be honest, that's why a lot of us do the app experience because that's right. You've already yeah. got that personalization built into your personal right. app that that's you're right. using on your phone. Mm-hmm. But when you go to that kiosk, it's a little it can be a little difficult to replicate that yeah. where you kind of got to yeah. start from scratch with something that just doesn't really know you that well at that point. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, well then let's let's talk a little bit about you know the idea of self service and bypassing the counter. Let's get a little further into that. Mm. Now you know what we need to know obviously who gets what. So especially like again if you're at a restaurant or maybe you are ordering something at a retailer that has to get put together in the mm-hmm. back and mm-hmm. you know brought out to you or something like to that effect. How does that affect things? How does that affect label printing? Obviously, because that's that's you know Epson's wheelhouse mm-hmm. there, and you've got to be able to tell people like, hey, here's your stuff. This is for you, and this is what you ordered. Yep, we've got to have good printing to do that. So, talk to us a little bit about the label printing side of things when it comes to self service. Jump into this one because you know people who have been seeing me, they, they know I get a little <laughs> excited about labels. <laughs> but it's a great point because it's it's. What are you getting? Is everything there? And is every item correct within that? And, you know, whether it starts from the counter, whether it comes in from a kiosk, whether it comes in online, Mm -hmm. you know, they're feeding into often the same kind of production line, whether it's in the back of the restaurant, whether it's a, a fulfillment area in a retail store. And it's got to be accurate. It's got to be quick. It's got to be efficient. And so as you look at a restaurant example, that order coming in, uh, multiple items, maybe they're prepared in different parts of the kitchen, mm-hmm. each one of those getting a, a cost-effective label that can follow that, pro- that product through the preparation and then the order, uh, that's what I'm looking for, not order completion, putting everything together. The efficiency. At the end, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, putting everything there. So you have those checkpoints for multiple, multiple times through the process for that little check on accuracy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this order came in, you know, and, and at this point in your, as you're preparing it, you don't mind if it came in through the drive-through window, if it came in through the counter, if it came in through self-service, right? But all of those do complicate things if you're dealing with them separately. So you take the, all of those entry points, put them into the one production line, labels that provide an extra point to check for the accuracy as you go through, Mm -hmm. and then also easily identify what's going with the order, right? So at that point, when you've got that in place, Mm -hmm. in the production line, you're indifferent where the order came from. You know exactly what's supposed to happen with that item. You know exactly how many items are going to be part of this at the end. You can easily check to make sure uh, that all of the items from the order are in place. But then again, you know, similar point to to the kiosk needing to not just be a touchscreen menu, right? Mm-hmm. A label is not just a sticky piece of the receipt, right? A little bit more formatting, a little bit thought and 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 uh, guidance from the the person who's integrating, the person who's selling the solution to make sure that they're calling out information uh, that is relevant to it. It uh, goes a long way in improving the uh, the employee experience with that and lowering the learning curve, right? So we yeah. have the labor constraint. We also have high turnover. Everything we can do to lower the learning curve, shorten the amount of training that's needed, provides an additional benefit on that side as well. Yeah. Like even putting things like, you know, five years ago, there wouldn't be DoorDash or an mm-hmm. online ordering company name on one of these. But today it's sort of crucial. And I think... 
what's happened in the market, you know, even outside of what we've done, just liner free labeling and hospitality in general has really started at the top and is working its way down very quickly. And, you know, just because Mm -hmm. it's, there's more channels now, it gets a little bit more complicated. Like, how do I find my order very quickly? You know, there's things like uh, customer queues on TVs or screens inside of a lot of these places. And all of these are just to keep you informed. You know, it's very similar to like, you do an order on Amazon, you get every notification humanly possible. (laughs) And even after it arrives, you get a picture, you know, so I think that that's what's been happening in hospitality is they've been able to really clean up a lot of that. And uh, David had talked about this earlier. The interesting thing about retail, at least us feeling like retail technology had been in the lead for so long. And then, you know, omni-channel and, you know, all these other buzzwords that were a part of it. But what happened in the last few years? It feels like hospitality has been the one that has had just a complete redo of basically everything. The lead point of sale providers today are very different than what they were five years ago. Um, Everything, liner free, KDS, kiosks, it's really sort of come, you know, back to where 2023 is or where they should be. Uh, and obviously, digital print has had a part in that revolution too, right? I mean, the ability the, to to easily do some of these things. Okay, so I got a label guy and an, and an ISV guy. What is your take on like machine vision? You were kind of going down that path, David, oh, with, yeah. with the quality control, and I can totally see that. Like in a let's just say a pizzeria environment where you you know one station gets the pizza, the other station gets the pasta, and so that's two different orders, two different labels go on yep. two different bags and boxes. You know, but you know we're hearing that machine vision could be brought in for quality control. Okay, both of these items are now complete. You know, there's there's a camera that scanned it, and 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 obviously it has to read it from the label, right? That's been mm-hmm. printed off. So, are you guys getting into some of that stuff? Are you starting to work with some of these software partners uh, that are in that machine vision AI world? Uh, and if so, I mean, just what's your comment there? So, I, I've worked with um, a couple companies that are doing machine learning mainly on kiosks, not specific to hospitality in itself, but it's all, you know, they, I think even in the grocery space, uh, mm-hmm. NCR talked about it recently on a podcast of using, uh, you know, machine vision to, to yeah. really just identify a product. You don't even need a barcode right. anymore. Oh, they're all doing that. That was all yeah. over yeah. NRF. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the one that I was familiar with, you could throw up to like 12 items at one time and within like a second, it would tell you your total and you pay. And so, you know, and they go as far as even doing weights mm-hmm. and, you know, looking at a plate and it's, it's very, very interesting. So I think, yeah, having to scan a bar or pick up a barcode scanner everywhere you go and, you know, those types of things, it does feel that it's going to work its way into more image based recognition. Yeah. Yeah, Josh is is more on the forefront of the actual collaboration with a, a lot of those companies. Yeah, a trend we're watching, sure, and it it's on the hardware manufacturer side, on the label side. You know, we we can send the print job to be whatever it needs to be to effectively work in there. You know, and 
but I, I haven't been on the forefront of that in the same way Josh has. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, right? I mean, I'm seeing more and more complex label, more and more personalization to the label. You know, those types of yeah, things. Yeah, the for personalization sure. part—that's the part that I'm always interested in because you yeah. know, Josh, you mentioned the idea of like how, like, just like having DoorDash labeling, mm-hmm. you know, on something. Mm-hmm. So did you know that it came from that's that's just branding and marketing right there. You know, that's it's right. like yeah. the mm-hmm. consumer. You know, you may not think, well, I don't really care too much about this, and the restaurant they probably yeah. don't care as long as they've sold their food. But you know, that's very important to someone like DoorDash that when it's at your door, that that labeling reminds you, hey, this mm-hmm. was DoorDash that brought this. To you mm-hmm. on time yep. and piping hot, and even though it's not their food that they're mm-hmm. making, yeah. you're making <laughs> you're making that you know association their where service. you, you yeah. have a you yeah, have a sure. you know a strong association between what DoorDash did in bringing it to you and how good that food was. Believe it or not, I mean the you know whether you like it or not, or whether they like it or not, they get associated with it, and I'm sure that frustrates yep. the restaurants. But it's still important to be able to do that, and I think that also kind of bleeds into the idea of being able to add extra personalization and branding and just make someone feel like that order is for them for and them. about them. Because Absolutely. again, that's, yeah. I think that's the, you know, you, you sometimes on the self-service side of things, you miss some of those little personalized mm-hmm. touch points yep. that you might mm-hmm. otherwise get mm-hmm. when you go into hospitality where, you know, that's what I'm saying. You've got yeah. a nice server yeah, you know, right. and a great exactly. experience yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you miss a little bit of that on that, you know, that if you're just walking in and picking up a bag and going to go, but if that bag has your name on it and says, you know, thanks so much, have a great day, or it's got something colorful on it, even if it's, just something generic they're doing for practically everyone. For sure. It's a different feeling than yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. here's your food. Here's you your know, food. That's yeah. it. So. <laughs> here's the ticket that I wrote on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, here's the scribble that I made. It may or may not be your name, you know. So with the yeah, anyway. Yeah. Well, okay. So then let's let's go down the rabbit hole there a little further then. So we've you know, we've talked about that idea, obviously, of of finding a way to introduce additional touch points to make the experience of mm-hmm. hospitality a little better. Mm-hmm. But let's get into that on the retail side there too, because I think retail mm-hmm. can learn something from hospitality here. And you start hearing people talking about experiential, experiential retail. retail. So the idea of, you know, that it's it's not about just walking into a store and picking up what you want and walking that's right. out. And that's that's right. it. Or yeah. you got to buy it first before you yeah, walk yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It's not just about that anymore. You know, it's supposed to be an experience. It's supposed to be something that's engaging and, and really connecting with you. So I want to, you know, know from you guys, what does that, what does experiential retail mean to you? And how do we, you know, from the hardware and software side of things when we're working with retailers, how do we help them enable that? When I think of experiential retail, and I, it's not just the endless aisle of products, right? I'm not mm-hmm. in a store because I want to see a thousand different options <laughs> for this this one item that I'm looking for. I can find that online. That and it's it's taking advantage of uh, what you can do in person when you mm-hmm. control the entire environment when you have them in your store that you've crafted. And you, you know, you, you mentioned one of the key points, it's about engagement. It's not necessarily solely about the sale. It's mm-hmm. about engaging the customer. We're crafting that experience right there that gives them something they can't find in online or self-service mm-hmm. and uses the, the environment, the retail environment as another engagement tool, as another sales tool to set the experience a part of being in the store and not just being about the transaction. So, you know, my thoughts are, I think from the moment you walk into a door, you know, what, what, what are you feeling throughout that entire journey? And does that brand understand what that journey is? Do you walk in and immediately see security equipment, a security <laughs> kiosk? You know, are a lot of the retailers have sort of 
gone away from stores that were just aisles all over the place and now mm -hmm. building little unique areas. And for me, like that certainly improves the customer experience because if you're looking for like Best Buy, for example, if you're looking for smart home devices, this is where they are. And they're all displayed in a way that actually feels more like home mm -hmm. and they're bringing, you know, woods. And so I look at the experience more from like an emotional perspective, but I also think that there's a lot of technology that is doing a lot of the work on the back end to make it, um, you know, feel seamless when you go into it. Like David and I talked about, you order something online. Well, now you get to choose what happens. Does it ship to you? <laughs> Do you pick it up at your local store and it might take a day or two to get to it? Do you pick it up at the nearest or like the, the nearest store that has it in stock? You have every option on the planet, not to mention Afterwards, maybe you want it delivered to your house after you pay for it when mm -hmm. that really only happened in furniture before. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, it's the emotional tie in and the connection to that brand. And do they understand that they have a brick and mortar location? Then is it driving me to come back in there to have another positive experience? Yeah. yeah go ahead, David. I was going to say there are some that have been, you know, a very experiential selling experience for a long time. You know, I yep. think of home theater speakers, yep. right? I can't evaluate a home theater speaker by listening to it through a separate set of speakers. It, it, yeah. <laughs> you've got to be in there and you, and you, and hear it yourself. And then you started, Casper. This, yeah, the mattresses, right? I, I don't, you know, I, I know online ordering of mattresses is going through the roof and it's yeah. been growing, but it, you know, I still would like to know what it's going to feel like when I, uh, um, when I lie down on them, and the, the point Josh is making is we were looking at this, uh, Casper Mattresses created a great one, mm -hmm. right? You go into their store, you can lie on the mattress, you can go through that, uh, that experience of it, but they also created sleeping pods that you can essentially rent for a nap. But of course, you're in a Casper store, you've got their mattress, you've got their pillows, yeah. you've got their sheets, everything that will go into what they hope is your best nap ever came from their brand. So if you want that same experience at home, well, you better take it with you. Um. <laughs> so my experience was a little different. I shopped for mattresses for a while. I went into a store and they just basically asked me to lay down on all these mattresses <laughs> with a pillow in front of everybody. And I, it felt awkward. So to me, how's that working out for you, Josh? Yeah, I didn't. I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't buy that mattress. But I think that the, the interesting tie in on the experience side is that Casper understood maybe that there's some insecurities about people laying down in a store. And if you could go privately and do that, mm -hmm. that maybe you could get, you know, a sale at the end of the day and get a customer. It all ties back to that, you know, just that personalization, right? And, and we've talked a, a lot about this, about how retail establishments are pouring money into the experience, mm -hmm. because that's what we want. We want to have something more than the online uh, experience when, when mm -hmm. we do these types of things. So it's critical. But I still think, and we've talked ad nauseum about, you know, making the workforce mobile so that you can engage and get the, uh, mm -hmm. you know, your attendees out into the show floor so that right. they can be right. engaging and stuff like that. So there are technology enablements, but I am going to pull it back to like the labeling. I mean, if you're going to go through all this effort to do an experience in your store, wrap it up with a little personalization at the mm -hmm. end, you know, with, with yeah. a label on the bag that says, hey, Dean, thanks for shopping. And, you know, here's what's in there, whatever it is. There's ways that you can bring that personalization to the yeah. experience, uh, the experiential retail 
by enabling that, it, yeah. it, that those types of technologies. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, and I think, again, just when you go back to the idea of the whole, where, what do you learn from hospitality? There's a big difference between, let's say, your favorite restaurant's got some of the best food you've ever got. Okay, mm-hmm. you can go there and you can order something or place an order online or go to a kiosk, whatever, and get, you know, the best meal you've ever had stuck into a styrofoam dish that you're going to have to take home, and by the time you get home or by the time it's delivered to you, it's cooled cool. off a little. Yeah. Maybe you got to yeah. warm it up. Some of the sauce has kind of bled into something else a little bit, or it's gotten a little bit soggy, or maybe the asparagus <laughs> isn't as crisp as it was when it would have been in the restaurant. Yeah. It's a different feeling. And then when not only that, but you also then you don't get all the, the other cool ambiance that like a restaurant mm-hmm. tries to engender. You know, hey, here's the mood, and we've set the lighting, and there's cool music and yeah. nice, nice mm-hmm. decorations. I think people understand that difference, and they get the idea that like, yeah, Going into the restaurant is a different feel than what I'm going to get ordering the same food at home most of the time. Okay. I, I think you can do that same thing in retail. I think that's what this is all oh, about. Sure. It's this idea yeah, of like, yeah. look, sure, you can buy everything we've got here online and have mm-hmm. it dropped to your house in a box. And sure, you can pop that box up and get that mattress out and let it unfold for a couple hours and <laughs> yeah. you know slowly swell out or whatever and sleep on it and try it out there. And yeah, sure, we've got this whole, you know, you can try it out for 60 days and send it back if you want to. I'm sure that's a hassle too. Yeah, exactly. Why do all of that when you could instead have, hey, here's this fantastic place where you can come to where it's not just the the, the old standard furniture stop where we're, we're going to yeah, just yeah, harass yeah. you the whole time yeah. and ask you any questions. So, you can come in and try things so out. So if I hear you correctly, you're advocating retail that also includes food. So do Okay, you, yeah, sure, do, let's do, do guys, it. Do you guys go to Costco? <laughs> the best one here is Costco. Costco. Do That's you guys true. go to Costco at all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the only time my family will go to Costco is on Sundays when they have all the samples, and they know they have the samples out. I can get the whole family to go to Costco. Or just even like their hot dogs and pizza. Oh, dude, they just walk they're around. Bro, they're there like, and then, yeah. yeah, they're just walking around. They come out full because yeah. they've had, yeah. they don't care what the sample. I'm like, you would never eat <laughs> that Chobani, whatever, flaxseed, right. 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 and whatever. But they, no, they're going to take the sample if yeah. they got it. Yeah. They're not going to buy so, it, but you'll take the sample. Yeah. And Costco, as everybody knows on Sunday is jammed. That's you right. cannot yeah. get in that. Place. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually uh, an interesting thing. Is, is uh, I personally worked on a project with Costco, and uh, they added a kiosk in there into the area where you buy all Apple products. And, and their thing was in that realm, it wasn't necessarily about you ordering it, paying for it. You know, and I think that the definition of a kiosk is not that it just takes a transaction and takes a payment, right? It could be a variety of things. Oh, sure. You, Information, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you print off things at the airport on a kiosk that, you know, are just bag tags. So, um, yeah, no, it, it's, it, there's all the different ways you can go. And, you know, we, we've been talking about examples like mattresses, speakers, things that are really easy to say, yeah, that's better in, a store, right? Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't experience lying on a mattress on online, but it, it's certainly not limited to some of those big ticket items. It's, you know, if someone's going to come in to a location in person, right, to shop for anything from, from big ticket items down to, you know, even a, a coffee thermos uh, would be another example. They're looking for something they can't get just by reading copy online and Mm -hmm. looking at pictures, right? And it's going to be very different depending on uh, the the product that they're going in, who your your target audience is. So there's a lot of personalization in crafting that experience Mm -hmm. and then finishing it maybe with a label, right? An Epson label would be a great (laughs) choice. 
<laughs> That's what I'm advocating. Right. right but going back to, to what Josh was saying about now you can have all these different fulfillment yeah. ones, right? So you've crafted their experience. You've controlled it. You've presented it in the best way. They're very engaged with it. They're going to take a piece home. They're, a, a piece is going to be shipped late, later. You give them that full summary and a nice personalized label. They know exactly what's going to come, when it's going to come, mm-hmm. how their experience is being completed. It's that thought that the experience continues until the final delivery, mm-hmm. which is one that I think we can learn from hospitality. Yeah. Uh, you look at the delivery example that we've been using, it goes into a styrofoam container. At, at this point, yeah. we know that a styrofoam container isn't the best way to deliver your food if you're really concerned about the quality of it there. So I think it's, it's, it's easy to make the, the connection to some of the big ticket items, but it rolls down all the way and, you know, we built this entire room on the exact concept of we have to provide the experience. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're looking at taking a receipt printer from Epson, it's it's not enough for us to just say, you know, it prints very fast, it's very reliable, you know, it's going to stand in there. It's much more effective for us to be able to show it in an environment that we've crafted here. And it also has the add-on capabilities that we were bringing up mm-hmm. in self-service and kiosk. Hey, this is the how you take the order in a hospitality one and you print off the receipt. Isn't that fantastic? You know about that. Oh, but by the way, we have a live environment set up where we can show you everything else we do that goes into mm-hmm. that order flow. Right. Same thing can be done in a retail space. Oh, you're you're looking at a, a coffee thermos here. Well, we have some for you to, to try that are sanitized here. Let's get you an actual coffee. Oh, if you're taking this with something else, wouldn't you need a lunch bag or whatever these things you're, you can add on, but not in a impulse buy, put everything in front of the, the customer and see what sticks, but thoughtful, engaging customer path that you're controlling with what you know and what you've set up um, to, you know, improve their experience, but also drive the, the basket sizes up. It's like inter- entertaining them yeah. to a sale. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, I mean, it goes again, right back to your Costco point there. Yep. You know, it's a, it's, you go into a Costco is just, it's a bulk grocery store essentially, yep. you know, that's it. <laughs> yep. If you just distill it down to what it is, that's all it is. Yep. But it's that experience you get of like, 100%. Hey, there's all kinds of cool samples to yeah. get. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know, there's a, you know, there's the little restaurant thing they'll have. Yep. They might have other little Which fun stuff. It still amazes me how many people eat at that restaurant. Oh. It's good <laughs> Dude, it's packed all the time. It is. It's good though. <laughs> I it's cheap. Imagine. It's good and cheap. Yeah. Good and cheap. Yeah. There's probably proof. some margin in those hot dogs. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> well, it, you can always, bit, you sell bit. something for a buck fifty these days. Like you must be, you must be getting one heck of a margin. It must be like a, a penny no a piece doubt. Yeah. to yeah. make those right. things. Yeah. It's like McDonald's. I mean, they always talk about that. Like their drinks, you know, like it's, oh, drinks it's like, yeah. you know, it's like a penny for every drink, you yeah. know, and they, yeah. it's yeah. almost all pure profit they make yeah. off of every soda. That's exactly sell, it. So. Yeah. Liquid gold. Exactly. That's why they will upsell you all day on those things. So, well, so, so, okay, we've obviously talked about this trend of self-service, that one good trend usually leads to another one. Mm-hmm. So where do you think self-service is taking us? What's next? What else is that affecting in our channel? And you know, maybe if there are other places where you think that label printing is going to fit into the next iteration of what happens. Uh, I'd like to put a memo out there for all retailers and uh, restauranteurs. <laughs> if you, memo from Josh. Yeah. If you <laughs> have kiosks, you should let people use them. Um, if it's a self-service kiosk, it's important to let people actually use it. And so it's been very interesting in this world that there's this love-hate relationship. You deploy a bunch of kiosks and then you 
man it with an employee that's actually using the kiosk to check you out. Mm-hmm. And, or <laughs> we don't have enough staff at, you know, like I'd shop at a, uh, maybe I shouldn't say the name, shop at a nice grocery store around my house. They have four kiosks. If they don't have personnel to manage the kiosks, they just shut them down. And it's like, it seems baffling to me that you make that investment. Obviously, customers want that. You should never shut a kiosk down. Yeah. So, well, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> I had to get that off my chest. It's a great one. <laughs> I had it at the bottom of my paper closed kiosks <laughs> yeah there's nothing more frustrating you walk in you look over there and you see the kiosk and you yeah. look at them wistfully and they're like nope sorry nope. can't nope. use yeah. it yeah. and i might want to use it it's kind yep. of fun sometimes to try it out you know if you're into this world and in this industry you do mm-hmm. want to interact and see what they're like does it have audio do i want this if i'm at cvs do i want this red off whatever i'm buying uh you know there's there's a lot of different you yeah. know variables with that and it down to the experience. Mm-hmm. No, it does. And, you know, one of the things I'm watching with self-service, I'm going to expand it a bit beyond, beyond kiosk, is how it does impact not necessarily the labor constraint, but changes when the peaks of labor are required. Yeah. Right? So if, if you know you have a rush hour in the same time every day and you were scheduling so you had enough cashiers to get mm-hmm. people through as quickly as you could. Now you have the option, whether it's a, a, a large installed kiosk like we've been talking about, like the option Josh was talking about where you convert a point of sale station into self-service during those times. You know, the labor you have then can be reallocated mm-hmm. into its most impactful point, right? It's... we. It's no longer we have to schedule here, or we have to schedule here. Yeah. It is it is most effective to schedule here, right? And so as that labor gets redeployed a bit, how does that impact the the extra steps or the extra personalization we're able to put into fulfillment? Do those fulfillment times come down because instead of taking taking orders, we're fulfilling orders from a retail location mm-hmm. um, or pick and uh, pick and packing from the shelves themselves? And you know, when you move some of those activities away from the customer's eyes, maybe you have some opportunity to put in some more automation and efficiency. So maybe this is where the AI is coming in and pulling some from the warehousing activities into the retail mm-hmm. stores and seeing those lines blur even further. And, you know, I do think being able to smooth the order taking labor requirement need so it's not spiking in, in such dramatic ways um, is going to be one of the things that, that contributes to that growing as well. It is interesting, you know, when you think about it, where is self-service taking? I got a couple stats uh, to throw at you guys. 67% of customers reported that they prefer self-service options over speaking to a customer representative. So, you know, I, I'm I one think of them. that there's still... Yeah. No, I, I think David's point is valid on redeploying associates, you know, yeah. as yeah. this comes into the marketplace. Yeah. But you're already the trend is there that most customers would rather... Yeah, I know you've been there for a long time. <laughs> you were an early adopter on that. Um, but this all also, and you and I talk about this a lot, 59% of customers said that they believe companies need cutting-edge technologies to provide the best customer experience, right? right you right. got to have good tech in your store. Oh, yeah. Right? And people know that. If you walk into a low-tech environment, it's like, oh, 
this is a low tech environment. Right. What am I doing here? Yeah. I don't want to be yeah. here. I want to be where it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. Or there's free food samples. One of the two. There you go. Well, yeah. That helps too. Go. Yeah. You can be as low tech as you want as long as you have some good food to get. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Anyway, that's what I'll close on. Take it any day. But, you know, I think too, like, you know, the, the whole idea of payments too, and we're always talking about payment flexibility and where mm. payment options are. I think the more, the more we keep moving down this self-service path, the more the easier it's going to be for payment flexibility to become a thing across a bunch of industries yeah. mm-hmm. because no one you know no two people pay the same way anymore hardly it's, mm-hmm. and if you're any kind of establishment retail hospitality whatever that wants to limit the amount of payment options you have whether it's to just like no we'll only take cash and credit or you know, an, an actual <laughs> card you know or we will no only, amex so yeah oh yeah, yeah exactly right. no amex no discover card stuff Crypto? like that does discover even exist yeah. anymore yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah exactly but i mean if you're, you're you have to have those options you've got to be able to be able to expand out and i think this is a nice pathway to that because if you're going to offer self-service you've also got to be ready for the folks that are coming in saying all right i want the self-service but i also want to pay my way I want to be yeah. able to get my watch out and yeah. pay for it. Yeah, I want yeah, to yeah. pull my phone out. You know what I found interesting? Because I was in a rather large home improvement location mm-hmm. that redid their... I feel uh, like you're glossing over the <laughs> name here. No, actually, it doesn't really matter. But, <laughs> but what I found about their new kiosk, which was fascinating, because they'll take any payment there, right? Right. But the cash option, bro, it is bigger than the entire yes. like self-service. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's like, oh, I need, I need this compartment for bills, this compartment for change. Right, Who's right. paying for change? Who does that anymore? I don't know. <laughs> so but they have to accommodate it for yeah. it, right? And then, like, the actual kiosk is it's just a little thing over here. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I know 100% what you're talking it, And it actually engages every time, whether you're yes. making a cash payment or not. Oh, wow. And so you have all this noise, and I'm like, is something going to shoot out at me? <laughs> <laughs> like, What's yeah. going on here? Yeah. I'm yeah. just buying some nails, I didn't damn steal it. anything. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Click, clank, clank. <laughs> It feels like an ATM machine. It does. Yep. yep. That's it. That's it. Anyway. Which yeah. were the first kiosks, essentially. Yes. Yeah. 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 For sure. You know, I think too. Like, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of these like regional media networks popping up because of self service. Oh, for sure. Too. Because again, if you're wanting that customization, you're That's wanting right that personalization. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah You've yeah, got yeah. to be able to still engage people. Mm-hmm. The folks yep. like the me and the Josh who don't who want to go into a store and just like, look, I don't want to speak to anyone. I don't want to look at anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You stay forty feet away from me, and it's not because of COVID. <laughs> it's just because I just don't like people. You know, or, or, or I just don't like interacting with that many people. Like, if, if that's the, if you're that person. That's, you still want to engage with that person somehow. Oh, for sure. And yeah. if you're offering up those no, regional to media your point, networks, the retail like that, media network, oh, dude, if I'm in my home improvement, I would be the bourbon store down the street that that, that would run the <laughs> ad that goes something like this: Hey, this this uh, whatever project might not turn out, so stop by and get a, get a bourbon. So you can cool off. It's just a paid job. Have a glass of bourbon with there it. There you yeah. go, <laughs> dude. I, my bourbon sales would go straight through the roof. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Anyway. All right. Good stuff. Well, hey, before we get to our value to the VAR, which is our way of kind of wrapping up this conversation a little bit for our VAR audience, uh, I want to, as always, thank our Tech Connect sponsors. Big thanks to Epson. They are a premium Tech Connect sponsor of our program. So we appreciate them and lending these two gentlemen to us today to talk to us about this topic. Uh, As always, uh, if you like the show, we need to hear from you. Leave us a review. Uh, give us a rating, uh, like, and subscribe anywhere that Smash you find the us. 
subscribe. Tell, yeah. you know, tell yep. somebody about the show. Send your topics to us. There's always a link in the show notes where you can type in a topic that you want to hear about. So maybe you and heard this discussion. Do they still get a shirt? If They, they still just, get a shirt, right? yeah. yeah. Angie tells me we're running low on the shirts, but we can order more. We can order more. So we'll, <laughs> yeah, for we'll, sure. we'll make sure. Maybe we'll come out there. with V2.0 on the there shirt. There you go. Right? Maybe. Yeah. I could do a new design. You could be one of the first to get the new Technic podcast design. Yeah, nice, know. nice. I'm promising things that I don't know if we're going to do or not. <laughs> All right. That's what I do. That's what, what you do. Aren't there. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. No one's here to tell us no right now. So, uh, so submit your ideas to us. We want to know what you want on the show. And as always, follow Blue Star on LinkedIn. We're always posting recaps of the show and other interesting stuff there. And if you need to get in touch with us, you can always find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod or email us TechConnect at BlueStarInc.com. All right, let's wrap things up here first with our value to the VAR. Yes. Uh, again, this is our way of kind of wrapping up the conversation, a takeaway for our VARs. And, mm. and, you know, I want to talk a little bit about what, you know, where Epson plays here, obviously, yep. and, and yep. where you guys fit into the self-service dis- you know, discussion. So what are you guys doing differently to help meet these new needs that are coming out of retail and hospitality? Where, where do you fit in and what are you, you know, what are you offering out there that can really help our VARs win some of the business for folks that are, they want to move in this direction, but they aren't quite sure how to get there? There are a couple things that from Epson where we insist on making consistent across all the products, right? You look at the, the ease of integration with all the different operating systems, the breadth of products we have, you know, the, the proven track record of them. And we're creating products specifically for this self-service growing area. Right. We have products like the, the EUM30, which mm-hmm. is designed to go directly into kiosks. We have products like the M32SL, which can function either as self-service or as more of a, a traditional terminal for it. So there's so much flexibility in the products that, that we're bringing to crafting that order experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And they, they're all, you know, engineered by Epson for reliability. They have the leading performance that we have there. And they're, you know, because they're using a lot of the same integration tools, it's easy to expand the certified offerings that the VARs can provide. And then once you get to the back of the house, then, you know, we can we can come into some of the labeling that Epson is really pushing some of the, the boundaries on. Mm-hmm. We can bring the liner free in to help with that efficiency. We can bring the color labels to uh, to pump up the certification there. You know, I think it's it's one of Epson's unique positioning here is that we can help you with the front of store. We can help you with the self-service. There's going to be consistencies in the experience of working with our products from the front to the back of the store mm-hmm. so that it provides the VAR the flexibility then to go in and talk to their customers, say, these are the right solutions we need for this location. Yeah. And then I have a manufacturer who can work with me to get those prepared and installed. Yeah, I, you know, on the on the product side, there's things like when he talked about the SL, you know, it is like a kiosk product or a wall mount product. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's lots of things that we've built into the in the products over the years that were sort of required by kiosks. Like, mm-hmm. for, for for instance, like a, a printer five years ago may only have one sensor around the paper and it would be paper out. So today now it's sort of default for us to have two built in. Now you have a near out and a lot of that has to do with kiosks and notifying those that the paper's almost out. Mm-hmm. There's things like uh, like when he, the EU M30, basically an M30 product of ours, like a three inch receipt printer without the shell that can slide into a kiosk that's built 
from the ground up for it with longer feed trays and different LEDs. And so, you know, there's a lot kind of around, you know, like little features that we keep adding in that we're seeing that the industry needs around kiosks. Um, and, you know, the, the other part of it is we're even going on the flip side of it, of going back into like the kitchen side in hospitality where orders are coming in from a kiosk, orders coming in from online ordering. If all of those aren't fully integrated with the point of sale, mm -hmm. how do you display those in the kitchen? And so that's a big endeavor of ours is sort of updating the kitchen operations with a whole lot more software rather than hardware, but mm -hmm. paired with labeling. Yeah, to me, Epson's always been right there, right, mm -hmm. right there on the on the on the cusp of where the industry is going and developing the products that can enable that. Whether it's the color printing, which clearly they've got an advantage on, yeah. uh, in enabling <laughs> no seriously, in enabling resellers to walk in, have that conversation, and have a realistic solution that right, can be put into right. place. Uh, they're there. I mean, right. Yeah. So, and not only that, but I'm going to speak to the ecosystem as well. I mean, Josh works in the ISV world. They're very in tune with the whole the whole solution, right? Not just the hardware, but what's the ecosystem mm -hmm. around it and that's a differentiator because retail establishments hospitality establishments they got to be as we've discussed they got to be cutting edge so they got to mm -hmm. so a reseller has to be able to tap into that yeah you can do that with the epson partnership yeah yeah i always appreciate too that you guys is uh your various printers are always high tech cutting edge yep. new new cool looks and stuff like every time i'll ask for you know for oh, some aesthetically info, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah like yeah. you know every time i get a spec sheet or something i'm always like man this thing just looks cool like the uh the yeah. new mobile link your new <laughs> mobile yeah. mo mobile printers That's i just think nice those things design. look cool yeah. they're just a simple cool sleek design it's it's it mm -hmm. looks like modern cutting edge tech it's meeting meeting new needs as well as being you know the the kind of look and feel that people expect you know when you when you spend your life walking around with you know nice slick modern consumer devices in yeah. your pockets all the time you, you yeah. don't you don't want the the industrial devices or the purpose-built devices to look <laughs> yeah. like they're 30 years ago even oh, if it's wait. modern technology like inside. you wouldn't like the retro dot matrix look no in not exactly printer. No. no okay or that giant cash you know dispenser <laughs> thing you know that you were talking about earlier no i don't want that i all want right. something to look like yeah, it is yeah, 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 actually yeah. modern there so, you go. so i always Fair appreciate enough. that well we we appreciate you saying that yeah. because that that's an area that i think ties into like the experience of just using the product. Mm -hmm. Like it is a device built with a purpose. However, it's sitting on your counter and it's, it's right there. Or like on the mobile link series, you know, it's portable, like, you know, Chick-fil-A, for example, has them, I don't know. It looks like they have like three or four of them on each person there, <laughs> but you know, they use it in the, in the drive-through. So, you know, we appreciate that because that is an endeavor of ours is, is heightening the, the products within point of sale to not only perform, but to be attractive and, and to have these, you know, unique features. The other part is, and I'll close with this, is our iterations have changed drastically mm -hmm. on products. So it, it's it, when I joined Epson, I've been here five years, you know, we had a little bit longer of an iteration. And now today, like, that's just not what the market wants. And so we're coming to market much, much faster with newer iterations. Got to go. respond to those needs. That's what I'm talking yep. about, right? The exactly. ability to do that. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, hey, let's wrap up as always with our favorite segment. What's yes. tech connecting with you? Where we're going to talk about something in the world of science, tech, business, innovation that kind of caught our eye. We just we just want to chat about it today. So <laughs> I'll let you guys start. What's tech connecting with you right now? Do you want to start? Right, I'm, I'm happy to start this one. Okay. <laughs> so, well, it, it popped up in, during CES, but it resonated very much with me, right? Because growing up, one of my least favorite chores was mowing the lawn. Oh, yeah. Right? 
in Southern California, you know, lovely climate that we have here, that chore never goes away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things I saw was a self-driving lawnmower. Yes, sir. Nice. Roomba for grass. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get one? I, I, do, I don't have one. So at the moment, I'm not in a, uh, a house with a lawn, but I'm hoping, hoping to get back there soon enough. Um, but yeah, used AI to identify, is this grass? <laughs> is this flowers? Is this a walkway? Should I be cutting here? I just love the idea of kicking that thing out on Saturday morning and not having to to drag myself out there to take care of the <laughs> yep. crap. Dude, I'm with you. I am yeah. too. Here's my thing with it, though. I know what's going to happen is that's going to become a big thing right around the time that I would normally start asking my son to start going. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm kind of debating, well, like, um, should I just still make him go through the experience for a little while? Well, the answer there is yes. Okay. Because yeah, I yeah, made 100%. my son learn how to drive a car with a stick shift. Oh, you know, you're one of those dads. Exactly. Oh, you're one of those dads. <laughs> It's going to keep it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that's my version of one of those dances. I don't know, well, David. I, I like go it. ahead, Josh. Go ahead. You could you could definitely uh, ha have your son uh, start a lawn mowing business now, and they don't even have to go on premise, really. They just hey. drop it off in the neighbor's yard. <laughs> so my family, that's how <laughs> my chore money was go to the neighbors and ask them if you want to mow the lawn or if they want you to mow the lawn. Yeah. So this would, I, I see this as a business opportunity for every 16-year-old. I don't know. I'm, right. I'm with you, David, but I'm not buying one until I see one actually works because I had one of the early Roomba whatever, yeah. and it just bonks into the wall, <laughs> and like yeah. it, it tips over, and it sounds out the signal like oh. I'm stuck. And You, know, you don't want to run it over your foot or the dog or no. your wife's favorite plants. Right, you know. exactly. Yeah, it goes over and your tulips. Uh -huh. see them once yeah, a year. if you live, if you are or you live with a gardener, there's a big risk factor if that <laughs> yes. doesn't work correctly. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Josh, what's that connecting with you, my man? Well, actually, I have two things. Um, one is for me personally, uh, I've been sort of a coffee connoisseur throughout my life. And so for all the coffee drinkers, this would be a real good plug for what I think is the best home coffee brewer. And uh, it's, it's from a brand cafe who does a lot of appliances. They have a cafe specialty coffee brewer that is real cool with like how the, the water pressure, the nozzle head, the, it can meet like the highest standards, like gold cup coffee standards. So, you know, it's a pretty good coffee machine for a not so high expense and it will deliver probably the best cup of coffee you've ever had from your home. Nice. So. For those connoisseurs out there. Yes. 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 All right. Number, Looking at a two. picture at it. It looks pretty cool. Wait, wait, hold on. I got to derail this one. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Drip coffee? Drip coffee. Single serve? Uh, or full? Well, you can do a pot. Okay. But yes. Right, hold on. Let me borrow your yeah, pen. Yeah. I'll take some notes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Specialty Coffee Association approved and Gold Cup Standard approved. Number, number two is from a colleague that's in the room with us, Michael. And, uh, what what he thought was interesting was, uh, and I find this very interesting, I was at CES as well, uh -huh. and I'm pretty sure I saw this there, uh, a dog babysitting robot that will basically be your dog's best friend when you're not home. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And of I course, wanna, I just want to be in the environment and watch <laughs> how they play. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you know? Well, I was going to say, obviously, this would have a camera so you can log on yeah. to it remotely oh, yeah. Yeah. and see how your yeah. dog's interacting with uh, RoboDog. There you yeah. go. Yeah, it, yeah. It's called Companion if it, anyone wants to look it up. Oh, so it exists. Yeah. It's out there yeah. right now. Okay, yeah. gotcha, 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 gotcha. I like it. Interesting. That would be cool. That would be cool. So, know. you know, we have man's best friend. Now we have dog's best friend. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right, I'm going to pivot out to space. 
Uh, just because okay. Okay. SpaceX continues to fascinate me. And I, did you see it? Has, it hasn't happened yet. By the time this podcast goes out, I think the Starship yep. will have launched. They're, okay. they're, they're doing their test. The more you look into that thing, is how fascinating is this Starship and the super heavy, uh, you <laughs> know, the, the rocket yeah, that they're using right, for right. this thing is unfreaking believable. But as you look into it a little bit more, do you know what the ultimate goal here is? Let's hear it. Okay, so is is to this this machine is going to be able to take machine whatever you want to call it. The Starship's going to be able to take a hundred passengers at a time up to Mars. That's the ultimate goal, right? <laughs> uh, ultimately, being able to send a thousand or more people packed into these things every twenty six months. So it's a boom, 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 boom. We're just sending people up to Mars. I mean, that's that's the goal. But when you look at it, the Starship itself is taller than the Statue of Liberty. So the next wow. time you see a picture of it, and you're going to see a lot of pictures oh, wow, of it because right. they're doing this testing stuff, it's like, dude, that that thing is huge. And I love a rocket name called the Super Heavy. There's that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the names are always good. You know. Sounds like it should come with its own like metal soundtrack. Right. Like, super <laughs> Heavy. <laughs> dun, 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 exactly. <laughs> What's taking that thing with you, John? All right. So, you know, um, Apple decided to try to get into the uh, payments game by introducing their Apple Card. Yeah. They always had Apple Pay, yes. obviously, where you can yes, connect yes. your own credit card. But they have their own Apple card. Uh-huh. I never signed up for it myself yet. As, as much of an Apple guy as I am, I hadn't signed up for it because I didn't feel like it had any better benefits than Fair my enough. current card that yep. I was using. Yep. So, you know, I felt like I got better cash back and all that stuff. So I didn't really, really justify it. Well, now Apple is launching its own savings account with 4.15% oh, wow. interest rate. Ooh. Now, I'm not sure wow. after what we've heard from Silicon Valley banks over the last, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. or one in particular, over the last you know, couple months. Trusting them. I don't yeah. know how I feel yeah. about a tech company getting involved in this level of finance <laughs> at this point. Uh, but, yeah. um, but I mean, it sounds interesting. It basically, they're saying like you can, it requires no minimum ba- deposit or balance, which I think that's is a, good. a big plus. Yeah. And that's where I think they have an, uh, you know, a, a step up over some sure. banks that like might actually offer uh-huh. that that kind of a interest rate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, any basically any daily cash rewards from the Apple Card, which you have to have an Apple Card to sign up. No, of course. Any daily cash rewards earned through the Apple Card will automatically be deposited into the savings account, and you still get the the up to three percent cash back on purchases with the card too. Then a four, you know, over four percent savings rate on top of that. They're actually though they are partnered up with Goldman Sachs, so at least they're yeah. a legitimate bank uh, that's some legitimate, that is backing yeah. this at least. Yeah, 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 so yeah. it's not just them trying I think to we've just heard of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> right, right. Still, it's it's interesting, you know. And, and another example is this an example of I, tech overreach or I, I don't is know? It, are you is, moving your money? I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I'm I look doing. at this and I'm know. like, I could see sort of a benefit here. You know, sure. I is mean, it FDIC insured? Well, then I'm then sure. you're then you're good I'm sure to go. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't yeah. be so sure about. Maybe that. not. I don't yeah. know. But but oh, you know, I like the, the no minimum deposit or the no no minimum deposit or balance. I think is a is, sure. is a, a big. I'll tell you what. Start off with miles. Get one open. One up for miles. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Exactly. That's what a five year old needs. An apple. He's got like three piggy banks full already. So I can't. Can't. We're gonna move your money over here to get you a 4.5 percent oh, yeah, interest right. rate just wait he's gonna be like what so he clearly hasn't asked you for his first phone yet for those of no. us that have kids yeah no. oh yeah see he can start he squirreling away for we've it we've been pretty good about keeping the phone away from him enough no, that he's man. he likes watching videos on it but he's never had i mean he's got like his own little like, yeah yeah, you know, iPad fire yeah tablet for yeah, kids yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. But he's never really asked for the photo of, our, of his own yet. So Fair we'll enough. Get there. Fair so enough. That is What's Tech Connecting with us. David Vanderdusen, Josh Stanfield, thank you guys so much for joining us again today. Thanks, gents.
Thank, Thank you. you. So until next time, uh, open up a you know a savings account with Apple. <laughs> jump on the super heavy SpaceX, yes, and uh, Starship, and see if you can find a kid to mow your lawn. You know? yeah. <laughs> and as always, folks, please stay connected. This episode of the Tech Neck Podcast is brought to you by Epson. All right, since we've been talking all about self-service yes. and line busting, yes. uh, Epson always has receipt printing covered, mm. uh, including printers perfect for mobile POS applications. Their latest OmniLink thermal printer, the TMM33, is a sleek and compact when counter space is at a premium, boasting support for front and top paper exits. We were just talking Very about nice. that. Very nice, like, absolutely. Counter space, you're going to make things look cool, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. always a cool. Supporting MPOS means stable network tethering and the m33 can connect to both ios or android devices via USB-C with speeds up to 20 megabytes per second boom these printers available in white or black have usb a b and c along with ethernet connections built in with optional wi-fi and bluetooth available the m33 can be the center of your customer's pos by connecting up to two peripherals even delivering up to 18 watts of power to devices How boom cool is that? geez louise like a little power station no doubt you yeah. just start with this and that's you got everything you need yeah it's ready for cloud printing and online ordering with server direct print, fast speeds, world-class service, and support. The M33 has it all. Contact your Blue Star Epson partner to learn more or order these printers. Technic Podcast is also brought to you by ELO. Self-service has never been easier. Introducing ELO's Wallaby Pro Kiosk Stand. Ooh, a kiosk. There we go. Talking, yes. talking kiosks. I, you know, I like to tie these things together. I don't know if you've ever right. noticed. I try to match up these ads <laughs> with the actual episode. Product so They kind of fit, fit together whenever I can. Well played, sir. The Wallaby Pro is changing the industry by making it easier than ever to configure interactive self-service solutions. Choose from wall, counter, and floor models. Engineer with configurations to fit any space in retail restaurants, hospitality, healthcare, and corporate environments. Just add a 22, 24, or 27-inch touchscreen display. Are you looking for more options? How about a custom-branded backer board? Nice. Uh, a ceiling pole to minimize footprint. Nice. Add a printer, an ADA keyboard, an assist button. Use ELO's Edge Connect to attach accessories. Oh, and the Wallaby Pro Stand offers easy-to-access concealed housing for a power strip, power bricks, compute devices, cables, whatever you might need. Modular, clean, anything you need right there. right. Boom. Ready to help your customers design the most customizable self-service solutions? Start with the Wallaby Pro. Contact your ELO representative to learn more. Finally, the TechNeck podcast is also brought to you by Zebra. Uh, keeping with the retail theme here, yes, 85% of retail associates say they could provide a better customer experience if they had enterprise-grade mobile computers with built-in scanners to use on the if job. If they only had that. If I, only, we only had a solution for it. Mean, do we? We do. But that's just one. Uh, we have many solutions, actually. Yes, yes, yes. That's just one of the many findings uh -huh. in Zebra's new ebook, Future-Proofing Retailers, The Power of Purpose-Built Devices. The ebook explores the shift to digital technology for retailers that mirrors customer experience and expectations for making purchases, conducting research, and comparing prices. To read the ebook and learn how you can position your solutions for the modern retailer, check out the link in the show notes.